Okay. Okay. Let's start the show. I got a buddy named Bob. Tell me when. Uh, I am ready, sir. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 80. January, what is the date today? Today is 17th? January 17th, 2019. It was 26 below on this day in 1967. But boy, our forefathers had a beautiful day in Garage Logic back in 1894 on this day. It was 44 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Hey, now. Reavers, that story wasn't in the paper. Which one? The, uh... Roosevelt High School. I believe it was what am from I hearing? a day ago. What am I ago. hearing? Jeez. Sounds like something's on fire. Uh, you got to pull that. There we go. There we go. Good. Yeah. God help me. What, Something is on fire. What What was that? I believe that was Patrick's buddy, Bob. <laughs> oh, no, no. Was Bob no expelling Bob. gas? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He may have been. Uh, you're referring to the Roosevelt story? Yeah. I believe it was from a couple of days ago. I just saw it late yesterday. I don't want to get to the... Uh, kerfuffle up in uh, Bemidji yet in the event that Dutch Cragen, our friend Dutch Cragen, we've left messages for him. He's in Florida, and he knows that, here it is again, he knows the history of uh, Babe, the Blue Ox, and Paul Bunyan. Believe it or not, folks, uh, Babe, uh, uh, the Blue Ox, and Paul Bunyan have been power washed. No, been no, power no, washed. no, it's not possible. Uh, you know, I'll get to it, but I'm holding off in the event that Dutch gets our message. He's down in Florida. Are we okay over there? Okay. <laughs> Let me get right to this. We're as well as we're going to be. Yeah. I have earned the right. (laughs) The boys basketball coach for Minneapolis Roosevelt High School questioned on Wednesday, that would be yesterday, January 16, why young fans at his team's road game in Jordan, Minnesota, prominently displayed a flag promoting the re-election of President Donald Trump during Tuesday night's game. Michael Walker posted on Facebook, this is a story by by our friend Paul Walsh in the Star Tribune, but I didn't see it in the newspaper. This must have been posted online. Yeah, it was posted online today at 7.40 a.m. Mike Walker posted on Facebook, uh, who's Mike Walker, the coach of Roosevelt? What are you doing, Reavers? Pay attention to the show. What are you doing a rookie thing with your phone? No, I'm trying trying to find out what's going on from a technical aspect. Is Michael Walker the Roosevelt coach? I believe Must so. Must be. Michael Walker posted on Facebook a photograph of fans on the Jordan side of the gym with the flag draped over the legs of four front row spectators. The message read, Trump 2020, keep America great. Several other young fans sitting nearby were wearing clothing patterned after the American flag. I coach a predominantly black inner city high school team, Walker wrote on his Facebook posting. We go out to a rural area in Jordan, Minnesota, and this is there. Please explain how and why this is appropriate, get that rookie, at a high school basketball game. Walker included a slew of hashtag phrases, among them hashtag critical questioning, hashtag black and proud, and hashtag black men matter. Walker, who is black, also is the director of the district's office of black male student achievement. 
That was a little there. A little delay. That was a foghorn for the word appropriate yes. that was said about a half hour ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, school District Super Matt Helgerson released a statement Wednesday afternoon expressing regret that Roosevelt players and their coaching staff, fans, and community were made to feel uncomfortable, as it is always our intent to graciously host our opponents. So that's the uh, Super for the Jordan mm-hmm. District down mm-hmm. there. Uh, Helgerson said district personnel are reviewing this matter and collecting information and working cooperatively with the Minneapolis School District and Roosevelt High School in our review and response. Bridget Kahn commented on the Roosevelt coach's Facebook posting uh, that the flag belonged to her and was used by students as part of a long-planned USA blackout theme night. I don't know what that means. Uh, A lot of times when teams, especially I see it more with basketball and hockey because you're more you're in an arena setting, you know, like the Timberwolves will have their whiteout where everybody's wearing a white T-shirt. It has nothing to do with race. It might be a red. uh, Hopefully, though, are are there colors? uh, Jordans are maroon. They're the gopher colors. Close to the gold. What was a blackout night? So they're wearing they're wearing black shirts. Okay, whatever. In other words, it has nothing to do with the, with the fact Roosevelt had shown up there. I would really hope not. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Khan told the Star Tribune later that her son and others took two flags with them to the game and left with them wrapped around them like capes. I didn't see anything wrong with that, she said. She said this was nothing more than young people wearing a bunch of red, white, and blue supporting the president. They don't have a racist bone in their body. Khan also pointed out, and the superintendent confirmed, that the Roosevelt team remained in the locker room during the playing of the national anthem before tip-off. The Roosevelt team has been carrying out this action at both home and away games, oh, and, okay. and, and and the Jordan team was made aware of that practice before the game, Minneapolis school spokesman Dick Tedman said. Helgerson said he arrived at the gym in the second half and saw the spectators in U.S. flag-inspired garb for what he said was not a school-sponsored theme night. He added that he didn't see the Trump flag by the time he arrived. As for whether the presence of the flag during a school event violated district policy, Helgerson said, we're in the process of reviewing any policies as it relates to this particular situation. This is a new one for me. And it, and me, too, because I have to rule on this with wisdom. This I, is ruling I with wisdom. I can't wait. There's a lot going on can here. Can you find ruling with wisdom? I can you don't find, have that, do that you? That was some of our best production work, ruling with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got ruling with wisdom. Uh, Tedman said that the Minneapolis district's policy is to not allow political advertising at games it hosts. Gianna Orris, who has three kids in district schools, was at the game Tuesday and said, I have no issues with the Trump flag at our game, and it's actually pretty cool that young people are paying attention to things going on in our country. Joining the Roosevelt coach in concern about the flag's presence during the game is Crystal Flint, who coached the Minneapolis North girls team from 05 until early 2018. you got freedom of speech, but would that remotely be appropriate, said Flint, who now coaches the girls team at Creighton-Durham Hall in St. Paul. And she said, no, it would not. Flint said she wants to know whether the flag... Flint said she wants to know whether the flag was displayed because Roosevelt's team is mostly black or has been brought to previous Jordan home games. In any event, she continued, why is politics being represented in sports? Well, well, uh, Flint, have you heard about the Flint, have you seen seen what's going on? Uh, Is there an intimidation factor? I think it's divisive in this racial climate that we have. Uh, Orris defended the intentions of those who brought the flag to the game, saying... 
Uh, it was there merely as part of one of a series of theme nights at Jordan Athletic events. They were not trying to be offensive. She said, our little town is the least racist. I just don't understand how this thing got turned into a race thing. Well, because the word racism doesn't mean anything anymore. Ruling with wisdom. Oh, my gosh. Ruling with wisdom. Some of your best work. Really was. Really is. No, no. We, we went. There. We got four of the best people to voice that one. I remember doing that one. Well, there's a lot going there's on. A lot, there's a lot to break apart here. What are you? Uh, what's the first uh, loaf of bread you're going to rip apart? What's the first part? Well, uh, isn't it just as newsworthy that a high school? First of all, the former uh, black, uh, the former female coach of the uh, girls' team says there's no politics in sports, and yet. Her school, her former school, they sit out the national anthem mm-hmm. in the locker room. Okay. What, what is that called? That's number one. That, so she's a right, bit sit out. terribly hypocritical there. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track here. Terribly hypocritical there. Sit out of anthem, okay? Yeah. Uh, so what, what the Roosevelt coach is asking me to believe, Michael Walker, is that these kids apparently brought a Trump sign to the game for purposes of giving his kids the needle. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes. And the coach is saying, you you kids in Jordan, you were giving us a needle because we're a predominantly black club. I don't. I wouldn't even say that. Because we're not coming out for the national anthem. That's the reason they went Trump, I love America, okay. Trump in 2020. That's probably it. That precedes the, the, the black issue, I in my opinion. Because uh, they got wind of that. And Roosevelt, regardless of whether they're an inner city school and they are, are, are predominantly black players, that was the first. The, the, the Jordan kids said, "Hey, they're not coming out for the anthem. We love America. We are going to uh, uh, overdo it here." You know, inner. Let me break down the term inner city school. That's just code language for a black school. Okay. That's true all over the country. But I'm a bit amused because Roosevelt is, you know, where Roosevelt's located is about Beverly Hills compared to most real inner city schools in this country. You know, Roosevelt is hardly in an oppressed, downtrodden, poverty stricken neighborhood. It's so probably that, a that's melting neither, pot. That's neither here nor there, but I'm amused sure, okay. that the coach chooses to identify his high school as an inner city school, which he knows perfectly well is a euphemism. Right. And uh, I, I think he's a, it's a stretch there. Uh, so I, I can find a great deal of fault with the uh, with the Roosevelt coach's reaction to this. You got a team that's already playing politics by sitting out the anthem in your locker room like a bunch of cowards. As far as I'm concerned, come out for the anthem. But I can't let Jordan off the hook because do you really think it's necessary to uh, introduce Trump's reelection two years from now at a high school basketball game? Just because you never know what President Trump is going to do, yes, it's very I mean, premature. I think, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a bit silly. And you did mention this, uh, the, the Facebook post. If you read the comments on it, there was the mother, and I, I don't remember if that was included in the story. There was the mother of, I don't know if if her child was a Jordan basketball player or just a student at Jordan. Bridget Kahn commented on the Roosevelt coach's Facebook posting that the flag belonged to her and was used by students yep. as part of a long-planned theme night. And obviously this was, this was not premeditated is the wrong word, but this was all set up well ahead of time. But again, going back to the, the, the Trump 2020, that doesn't really fit with the, the, the theme that she's trying to introduce. I don't know comments. what theme she's trying to introduce. Well, the fact that this was going to be a, a, a patriotism night yeah. uh, at the basketball game. Which is fine to do if you want to bring the American flag and do. I, I get all that. I don't get well, I, the ruling with wisdom here is going to be difficult because I find fault with both parties. 
Okay, but if you're the hey, co- it ain't easy being mayor. No, it isn't. I got the, my gavel. I, I haven't, you haven't used a, it yet in the new studio. I don't have a ruling. But if you're the Roosevelt coach and you don't come out for the anthem, that is going to be... Um, apparently he's uh, he's uh, no one no one brings that up. Apparently that apparently he's getting away with that. Okay, nonsense. maybe he has. And and the Jordan kids got wind of it and said, you know what, we're having a Patriot night, not a black versus white night. Yeah. We're having a Patriot night, and we're gonna in your face him. So right. if he stays inside, he's got to face uh, the the consequences of not bringing his high school team out for the national anthem. I think that is. Horrendous, well, and he, he should be ashamed of himself. He's Bush League. He's Bush League, but he's in, you know he's probably pretty heavily invested in the racial victimization industry. Okay, and then and, they try to say, well, is it uh, trying to intimidate the, the inner city black kids that we have playing? Racism doesn't mean what he. It's not racism to bring a sign to. But here's what I don't understand. It's stupid. I think it, it is it's stupid. stupid. It is stupid. But why? Why? From the coach's aspect of this, I'm a white guy, and I don't support President Trump. I, I didn't vote for him. What, what, why is it being introduced as... He as, is pro-Roosevelt. Get him out of here. That's what I well, well, I think many black Americans uh, have embraced the idea that, that Trump is a racist because he wished for NFL players to toe the line or get fired. Right. And, and uh, so that's, that's, represent, that's resonated greatly with uh, the victimization industry, and therefore Trump is a racist. Hell, ra- Trump was accused of racism for giving the Clemson football players fast food, that's for God's true, sake. Right? From the ESPN so Trump, whatever Trump does, he can't win. We should even take Trump out of this. Yeah. Whatever Trump does, he can't win. He's going to be seen as a racist. Uh, I, I'm not... Terribly convinced that he is. By the way, uh, I I I don't think he has time to be. I was just going to say I don't think he I, ever. I don't think it's on top of his radar. Yeah, he's about he's about Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you're going to rule because there's a there's a many different ingredients that where oh, you're right. Both parties, not fault, are are have issues. Yeah, it's not it's, really fault. There's issues. What if? Uh, would this have made the news if uh, the uh, Jordan fans merely booed when North finally emerged from the locker room, showing their distaste for their inability to participate in the anthem? What if they just booed? They probably still would have been accused of racism. No, I don't think it would have gotten the attention it did okay. with the with the with the Trump flag. So but Trump's it, the hot button issue here. Trump's yeah. the Trump's the yeah. Trump's the Trump's the spark that lit this fire. Yeah. The trend though in high school. Uh, Activities when you're at a basketball game or a hockey game in in some schools for the student sections is they're not allowed to, you know, we got spirit, yes, we do, we got spirit, how about you? They're not, they're really, the schools are taming that down because they don't want to be div, uh, divisive. And the, the state high school league is, is, I think, endorsing that too with all this, the speech before. We all want everybody to have um, unicorns and rainbows and no shouting and no negativity. It's uh, sports. Somebody needs to disabuse Crystal Flint of her preposterous thinking. How's that spelled? C R Y S T A L. That's okay. pretty conventional, yeah, I isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what race uh, Crystal Flint is, but she previously coached the North High. I'm sorry, the Rose. Who did she used to coach? Roosevelt? North. 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 She coached North uh, from 05 until 2018. She's now at Creighton Durham Hall, and she said uh, politics uh, don't belong in sports. Hey, Crystal, 
your your Roosevelt team is hiding in the locker room and has all year during the anthem. Mm-hmm. I, I'd call that the introduction of politics. Does she mean it at the high school level that politics shouldn't come into it? Because I, if yeah. she's saying sports in general, well, she's missed the boat completely. Oh yeah, it's just. Uh, well, how are you going to rule there, sir? Well, I haven't ruled Crystal yet, what? Light. Crystal Flint. Oh. Crystal Flint, and she's the coach of... Crystal uh, Flint. Okay, used to be Got the coach it. of North. Mm. Now, CDA. Is Crystal in the no-go zone? Was that one of those in the no-go zone? Well, I don't know that this we could assign that to, to this particular woman. We don't know. Got it. Uh, but, you know, Crystal could be easily the name of someone uh, who uh, is in the no-go zone. We We don't know that for a fact. Uh, Speaking I, of that, somebody sent us a still shot of the uh, the Matrix. I, oh, need I saw to, that. I need to post. I that. saw that. Yeah, yeah. I need to find a way to post that. Yeah. Uh, it looks like from the from the pictures that I'm pulling up that uh, she's she an African American yes, woman. Yes. But Crystal, Crystal, Crystal. Uh, again, you're you're championing the uh, Roosevelt kids, uh, uh, but you need to be aware that they're sitting out the anthem. I'm not sure that's a wise lesson. For uh, kids to be taught in, uh, is that one or two? I'm, I'm not done. That, I'm not sure that's a wise uh, lesson. Uh, I think I'm ruling. You'll have to find out when I come back. Ooh. I don't want to do uh, the power washing yet of Babe, the Blue Ox, and Paul Bunyan because we're holding out hope that uh, somehow Dutch will retrieve a message. He's down in Florida, where any smart Minnesotan would be right now as we head into an unseasonably cold snap because we don't have winters anymore in Minnesota. You're all aware of that. I want to do an email segment. Uh, I do one a week, don't I? I thought it's more than that. Uh, I usually fit one more in. No, I only do one a week. I'm trying to only do one a week, but I love the emails. Emails have replaced phone calls as a means of communication uh, in the world of podcasting. Uh, Joe, two things. Growing up, I had a friend whose birthday was Feb 16. Mine is November 29. Celebrating our birthdays consisted of touch football on a brown surface or sledding on a white surface. Some years we did one on his birthday and the other on mine. Other years, vice versa. It changed. I recall both extremes in the 1970s. Also, if you are concerned about our mother, I'm not, I call your attention to something we studied in high school biology and is mentioned in A Gentleman in Moscow. The Manchester moths. They changed the color as the air became filled with coal soot. Adaptation. Nature adjusts and doesn't require committees and tax money. I note a minor 21st-er landmark today, January 17th, sunset in the 5 p.m. hour. Go get them, Bert. Thanks, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, frequent contributor Downing. Did you catch this? In your talk about the oh. hysteria over no more winters, it was reported that temperatures are rising the most the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Let that sink in. Density causes global warming. I repeat, 
<clears throat> density causes global warming. The evidence suggests that living in the sustainable urban core, riding the train causes more warming than living in the country or suburbs and driving an SUV. And the people who are apparently doing the most to cause the warming are the ones who want everyone else to change their lifestyles while they double down on more and more density. Mm. And doesn't anyone see the silver lining in a warmer winter? We are burning less fossil fuel to warm our homes, which means our furnaces are spewing less CO2. Isn't that a good thing? Yes, if it warms in the summer, we'll be spewing more to run our AC. But the report you read noted that in Minnesota, at least, the winter warming is more extreme than the summer warming. So perhaps the net effect in less year-round CO2 spewing. And besides, our AC is running electricity, and that will all be solar or wind generated soon enough, right? Finally, a lack of snow is not unprecedented. The winters of 1986-87 and 87-88 were virtually snowless. I remember this clearly because that's when I got into the firewood business. I spent those winters easily driving about the woods at the farm, cutting down dead trees and cutting up cordwood. That was unusual. In subsequent years, the woods might be snowed in by December, but it shows that this current winter is not unprecedented. We had the same thing 30-plus years ago. And no, I don't sell firewood anymore, just pumpkins. Ah, so he doesn't go door-to-door selling uh, firewood. Well, because everybody has a gas fireplace. No, well, not oh. everybody. I do. Do you have I a, do have a gas fireplace. Uh, and this is my fault, and I've received a number of uh, emails about this. We, we blew it uh, yesterday with uh, Ariva what? Martin. Uh, get your groin, groin kick ready, please. Oh, okay. Tell me when you... Uh, Got it. Uh, this one's from uh, uh, Mike in Rochester. Please submit Ariva Martin for the 2019 groinies. I had not heard the story before. List- In fact, do you still have the... Uh- the interview? Yes. It's worth playing again uh, for new listeners. I'll set it up in a moment. I had not heard this story before listening to the podcast and am in serious disbelief. She says, my people gave me the wrong information. As if to apply, her staff specifically told her that Webb was a white man. We're referring to a radio host named David Webb, who had a CNN legal analyst on as a guest. Her name was Ariva Martin. And I believe what Webb wished to discuss with Ariva Martin was uh, that succeeding has more to do with uh, effort and intention than mm-hmm. it does skin color. And uh, here's what happened when people heard that interview. I've chosen to cross different parts of the media world, done the work so that I'm qualified to be in each one. Yeah. I never considered my color the issue. I considered my qualifications the issue. Well, David, you know, that that's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do I have the privilege of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. This whole long conversation, I don't have time to get Uh, into it. Ariva, I hate to break it to you, but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. Okay, then I stand. See, you went to white privilege. This is the falsehood in this. You went immediately with an assumption. Your people, obviously, or you didn't look. You're talking to a black man. They who started out in rock radio in Boston, who crossed the paths into hip-hop, rebuilding one of the greatest black stations in America, and went on to work for Fox News, where I'm told apparently blacks aren't supposed to work, but yet you come with this assumption and you go to white privilege. 
David, That's actually David, insulting. You. It is, and I apologize because my people gave me wrong information. They, they told well, me the that whole white privilege thing is insulting. David, can, I, can I apologize and correct the record? I want to apologize. I was given wrong information about you, and I apologize. But based on my but color, white- you were going to something that I was part of. And just to add to it, my family background is white, black, Indian, Arawak, Irish, Scottish. I mean, it's so diverse. I'm like the UN when it comes to this. And this is part of the problem with driving a narrative around a construct like white privilege. Privilege is one thing where applied wealth, economy, uh, various social factors, but not necessarily determined by color of skin. That deserves this. I apologize. I should have gotten to that yesterday. So Arriva Martin is the second uh, uh, kicked groin in 2019. And you'll have to save that uh, audio for the 2019 groinies. To save the audio for the 2019 groinies. One of the great photos about this particular case uh, on Twitter is they've got the, the cashier handing back the credit card, and the caption reads, um, your race card has been declined. Do you have another form of argument? <laughs> Which is outstanding. That's pretty good. Uh, Rick writes, hail the flashlight king from Kuwait. I'm writing in response to the accusations laid on your Tuesday, January 15 show. I'm always a day behind due to the fact that I'm 10 hours ahead of you. You said that 20-year-olds or so wouldn't be able to function without a phone and don't read the newspaper. You are correct only on some parts. The only reason I carry my cell around most of the time is to make sure my chain of command can reach me or so I can talk to my family. I don't bring it to chow due to the fact that I will try to read the newspaper the base puts out or I will try to watch the news while I'm eating. I look around and see a bunch of people older than me huddled around their phones while I'm eating, but me, a 20-year-old, I'm reading the paper. Loving the show, uh, however, the podcast one app is broken for me, so I have to listen on a computer at work now. Good luck, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Good luck to you. Here's today's ray of hope. Uh, Kelsey, the chief offsite correspondent, noting our uh, uh, audio level problems, which uh, I understand have been fixed. Yes. Uh, said, please turn down the volume on Kenny's microphone. I can still hear him. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, not even just, okay. just in yeah, general. To explain to some of the listeners that still might be following up on, on previous episodes, we had to use what we call a backup server ah. on our initial uh, voyage here in the new studio. Sure. There you have it. Yeah. Okay. And there's the backup. Okay. And again, <laughs> uh, because you failed miserably, uh, the staff, uh, that is, uh, I was emailed by a fellow who provided me all the Sears brand names. Uh, Allstate, Craftsman, Cold Spot, David Bradley. Had some extra time, huh? Die Hard, Harmony House, Hercules, J.C. Higgins, Kenmore, Craftsman, uh, Pilgrim, Silvertone, Tough Skins, uh, okay, so, but what was the your, your well, question was the electronics? Well, Silvertone was a guitar. Uh, Cole, uh, Silvertone guitars and many others are our offsite correspondents not not worthy enough, not competent enough to find the the answer that the mayor wants. Yeah. The electronics. I thought, I thought, we're he, I thought he was being helpful. I thought mm-hmm. he was being helpful. I uh, do remember Tough Skin. I don't. The Sears brand. Julia writes uh, after listening. To uh, Tuesday's GL episode about Jamie Claus, I felt called to support your theory. My heart 
uh, heard you say evil more than we could count when referring to Patterson. Evil exists in the world. A higher authority, let's call him God, created us with a soul in his image. He loved us so much that he trusted us to choose between him and evil, and you poignantly, poignantly repeated, Patterson chose evil. Do we arm ourselves to keep our children safe? Unfortunately, we must. But parents must also teach their children to know, love, and serve someone greater than them. I believe lack of faith in a me-centered rather than God-centered world is why evil existed in barren Wisconsin. In fact, that is the answer to the mystery. It is why hopeful places such as Garage Logic and Church Pews are the best place for Americans to be right now. And while we are in our synagogues and churches, we are simply called to pray for Jamie Claus and her family. Thanks for breaking it down, Mayor Julia. Uh, I would, uh, I would uh, insist that the decline of moral and ethical integrity in this country uh, does have a great deal to do with the yes. with faithlessness. Yeah, I think and, so. And for too many people in this country, their, their faith in God has been replaced by faith in the environment. That's their theology. Ooh. A lot of what's a lot Yuck. of what's a lot of what's driving the whole climate change crowd is, uh, in absence of any other higher power, they've chosen to believe in the sanctity of Earth uh, as opposed to people. And, uh, that just seems so empty. Well, it's it because, just seems because so empty. it is. Because it is. Uh, what's this Man, one say? Oh, Howard writes, It's a struggle to maintain balance between being a garage logician and a sensitive, caring urban male. The acronym for that, of course, is SCUM. <laughs> That's not to imply that the two are mutually exclusive. Rather, we GLers are complex organisms and capable of both because we must be. Why? Because we are conservationists and preservationists. In particular, I'm keenly interested in preserving my relationship with the females in my house. As the saying goes, happy house, happy spouse. Let's break it down. Check this out. Yeah. As this applies to the Gillette ad and as a scum, sensitive, caring, urban male, I agree with the overall message of the ad, which is women are to be respected and are deserving of untoward and uh, and are undeserving of untoward behavior. I agree. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course. What I do object to is the accompanying message that men are scum. In particular, the term toxic masculinity is very troublesome because it power washes the term masculinity. He's right. It didn't occur to me. There's nothing wait, wrong wait, with masculinity. But when you add toxic to it, you're power-washing masculinity. You can never read, say, or think about the term again without having the foul aftertaste of the word toxic somehow lurking about like a case of dysentery and tainting it. They are making the case that men aren't contributing to the problem, but they are the problem. I guess if Gillette wants to belittle and emasculate their customer base, that's their choice. I'm not going to help them. Howard Claris. I, I, I agree. Wow. I agree. Masculinity was fine, but once you throw toxic in front of it, it's, it's power wash. It's power wash. It's, uh, what's this now? Oh, man, I got a lot of stuff here. Did Dutch call? I haven't gotten Our a call friend from Dutch. Our friend Dutch Craig? Nope. The uh, bat line. Uh, uh, no, I got another email. Okay. You got a lot on the spindle here, man. You got a lot of them. You do have a lot on the spindle. All you want to do is eat, isn't it true? Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> you don't this segment. I got a, I got a nice salad with a, just a small piece of pork loin oh, boy. that's on top of it. That's the protein. Jim Wolf writes, I am often amused when you and the gang start discussing the topic of renaming lakes. That is Puss Lake. 
uh, which, by the way, sounds better as Lake Puss. All that to say, I stumbled across a list of real places and some lakes that have been tagged with unfortunate names. Here is a list of 25. Not all are good, but I think you will be amused by some of them. Uh, Unfortunate Cove, Cooks Harbor, Canada. Alone, Brescia Province, Italy. Grumpy Dog Road, Libby, Montana. Terror Lake, Alaska. Do not want to swim in Terror Lake. How did it get its name? Bloody Dick Peak, Montana. Um, Cape Disappointment, Washington. Well, Termination Point, Washington. Crazy Woman Creek, Wyoming. Dead Dog Island, Killarney, Canada. Mount Despair, Montana. Disappointment Island, New Zealand. End of the World, California. Gloomy Lake, Ontario. Oh, but what I see people trying to fish, they're and they just, just kind of yeah, they're, they're down just, on yeah, their luck. They're really they? down on their luck. A sad Road, Lancaster, Kentucky. Heartache Road, Helena, Montana. Yeah. Hopeless Pass, California. Killer Lake, Addington Highlands, Again. Canada. Again, uh, here's one I can't see, uh, but it tra- it's Australian and it translates to mean where the devil urinates. Yep. Uh, uh, you know what? I don't need to go on a cocktail cruise on that one. Melancholy Waterhole, Sturt, Australia. Misery, France. Mistake Island, Jonesport. Murder Island, Argyle, Canada. Nope. Nowhere else. Tasmania, Australia. Slaughter Beach in Delaware. Shades of Death Road, Great Meadows, New Jersey. Keep up the great work. Good luck, Jim Wolf in Farmington. Uh, he's referring to uh, our bad lake names. You, yeah, know, but, you got a place up on infection? But how did, if those are legitimate ones, how did they get, uh, I mean, not how did they get their name, but how do they continue to have such horrible names? Well, I think they're... The tourism col- for Dead End Lake or whatever They're, it is? they're colloquial. They're uh, perfectly understandable throughout history. Are you uh, are you one of these people that wants to come along now and I'm not, change the names yeah, of places what's matter with you well, to no, become I, more what sensitive? What I'm just saying is Killer Lake, your your chamber of commerce, really has a Hite tough goes sell. Height goes on a vacation at a place called Dead Lake, isn't it? Dead Lake? Dead Lake. Dead Lake. Yeah, it doesn't sound It's a attractive. beautiful lake. But it doesn't sound attractive. So if you're trying to attract people... Either does pus, either does infection, either does unguent. Oh, blood is bad, Blood too. is connected by a channel to unguent. It's, uh, that's some tough ice fishing on blood. Yeah. Pus, you got infection. <laughs> right. You got gauze. Leper. Leper Island. Leper? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, just, yeah. They had the bad boats. You find they? a finger every <laughs> once in a while just sitting in the sand. Remember by the, the way... Uh, you mocked me yesterday. Probably speaking of boats, when I had asked, maybe did we do it? We must have done it during the. Podcast. We're still looking at a beautiful still shot of a boathouse that I'm suggesting is on uh, the Muskoka Lakes chain in Canada. So I I asked what preparations need to be taken care of outside of removing the boats to winterize a place like that because I would imagine that. The ice would do damage to the the structure what's itself. Your, what's your they point? No, people room, people had emailed and said, "Yeah, you you actually do." And depending upon where the the boathouse resides, there are steps that you have to take. I, I don't know. I uh, bet there's some wiggle room, and somebody has it all figured out. Huh? I don't care. They're not. They're not. You know, old old Jeb isn't putting his waiters on in the middle of you know uh, April twenty eighth to go out there and say, "Let's reset this." Let's thing. get this guy in here. Right. You know, when they build a new boathouse up there, you know when they do it. When in the winter they build it on the ice. And oh, then, I suppose. Then they, then they lock her into place when the ice goes away, and then it's just drop her down. I think so. Huh. Really? I think so. I think so. Uh, now I I have uh, uh, you want Wait, to you sta- haven't ruled yet. Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't? No. On, you were uh, going to do that when we came back. On Roosevelt and Roosevelt, Jordan? Oh, yeah. They're one of the biggest. Because remember, you had to go get the gavel. I assigned 50% blame to each institution. 
Don't tell me I'm not a politician. What in the hell Don't tell is me that? I'm not a politician. Are you, kill- are you kidding That's me? That's what I'm ruling. They're both wrong. They're both. There was no right in this one. You're like, dude, when I have to send both boys a timeout. Yeah. Is that a sin rule? Just sit on the fence? Yeah. I think I really, really bailed on my uh, mayoral obligations there, really didn't I? Did. I think I didn't. you might have to. You, as as the uh, as the season goes along, we'll have to find out if there's more to this story, and then you may have to rerule. I think it's a story that ruling. will mercifully, mercifully disappear. I don't know. Well, your ruling sure did. Yeah. Thank you. Stay tuned for we're going to power wash Babe the Blue Ox and Paul Bunyan. Can't I don't want to. I can't believe that. But it's actually happened. <laughs>